Good morning, everybody. Um, we've just been reminded of a broken world that we live in, haven't we? And um, we maybe feel brokenness in our own lives today. Um, but Jesus came down, didn't he, into a broken world. Our God chose to come down into this world to take on flesh. What other God did that? So that's what Jesus is about. And I want to share um, something from this book by a guy called Charles Stanley. He's a Baptist speaker. He's well-known Baptist teacher. And um, in this book in particular, he wrote about his conversion experience. And he was just a young boy. I think he was 10 years old. And he talks about how uh, before he even reached the altar as he went forward, he was weeping and he knelt down. And he asked Jesus to save him. And um, he just had that experience that most of us in here have had where we've met with the grace of God, the living God, and we've met with his mercy and his love, and he's just filled us up. Um, but he writes after this, um, the pastor of this particular church got him to the front, and um, he put his hand on his shoulder, and he said, Charles, grow up and be a good boy, and when you die, you will go to heaven. Charles, grow up and be a good boy. And when you die, you'll go to heaven. He just had this experience of Jesus. Um, this love, this grace. And the pastor puts his hand on him and tells him to behave himself. And he might, he might make it through the pearly gates. Um, and that's religion. Yes. That's religion. And I can't put it more clearly than religion is death. Jesus is life. Amen. Religion is death. Amen. Jesus is life. And there's a, a theme of this throughout the Bible, particularly in the Gospels, and there's almost like these pantomime villains, if that's not sort of degrading it too much, um, in, in the physical presence of the uh, religious leaders and the experts in the law, and there's Jesus, and they're constantly in conflict, and there's those who stand for religion, and there's Jesus who stands for life. Do you know the main religions? They all have two things in common. The first one is that they offer afterlife insurance. Okay, in whatever form that might be, it might be the promise of a paradise or a reincarnation. It's some way to kind of cheat this universal problem that we all have of death, right? So that's number one. Uh, but number two, the contract always stipulates that it's on us. It's on us to do the work. It's on us to perform well enough that we might end up getting that insurance when we die. And there are many problems with that, but one of the main problems is the uncertainty of that. I mean, how do you know you've done enough? And you can go in with and look at yourself and try harder and harder, and there's always something else you could be doing, and you'll never know. So I think a lot of people in religion turn to despair if they don't turn to this sort of blind pride of, I can do it, I'm going to do it on my own. Um, John Foreman is a singer-songwriter that I go on about quite a lot, because I listen to him a lot. Um, he's one of my favourite Christian songwriters, and he wrote um, these lyrics in a song called Mercy's War. He wrote, I went looking for religion, absolutely not a friend. I went looking for ways out, and you showed me the way in. We know the glorious alternative, don't we, to all that struggle, all that toil. We know it's not a sister, we know. It's a man. Jesus is the absolute opposite 
of religion. And there's a beautiful verse in Hebrews that came to mind as I was preparing for this talk. And in its original context, it's kind of about looking at Jesus against the backdrop of a world that is still struggling from the fall. It's still not made perfect. Um, but I think we can take this verse and look at it in the context of religion as well. And it says, and it starts with the words, but we see Jesus. We've got religion, and that's what some people see, but we see Jesus. Hebrews 2, verses 9 and 14, 15, paraphrasing slightly together, it says, but we see Jesus, made a little lower than the angels, who by God's grace tasted death for all. More than this who went through death that he might deliver and completely set free all those who've lived their whole lives as slaves of the haunting fear of death. This is the main reason people turn to religion. But the sad thing is for them, it can't deliver that. The good news is the God-man who came down into this creation brings that life. And religion can't do that. It can't do that. I got that through the post this week, and it's from a charity, a Christian organisation that me and Rachel support a little bit. They're called Mercy, and, and it's a home, I think there's several, but one particularly around the Bradford area. And it's a home for women, home for young girls who have basically reached the end of themselves. It's mainly set up for Christian girls who are just have found themselves in a broken situation, some of them self-harming, some of them substance abuse, but they've basically reached the end of themselves and they see no hope, they're in the darkest place, and they turn to the Mercy House. And this is a short testimony of a girl called Jane who went along to the house with low expectations, and, and this is what she said. The journey I've been on so far has completely uprooted me and is enabling me to see new growth I never thought possible. The love, encouragement, security and belief in me that Mercy show every day, no matter what, something I struggle to comprehend and is a demonstration of the Father's heart. I'm discovering his true character, new depths of his love every day, and for the first time in my life, I'm able to let my guard down. I'm daring to believe I may be worth, acceptable, even lovable, and that I could have a future more than just an existence, but a purposeful life. I'm being equipped with armor for the battle, for the first time in my life, I feel I have an army behind me. I'm not alone. God is gluing me back together and making me whole in a way that I never thought possible. That's what Jesus does. And that's what religion can't do, and could never do. And the main passage I want to look at today is a very well-known passage. It's Matthew 11, and it's just verses 28 to 30. I believe this might be Jesus' words specifically for some of us today. Obviously, it's for all of us, always, but it might ring true today specifically for some of us. Jesus says in verse 28 of Matthew 11, Come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Some of us feel weary today, I've no doubt. Weary minds, weary souls, weary hearts, because this weariness just comes from living in a fallen world. We get weary. The Bible tells us that we're going to get weary. 
Jesus comes and he says, come to me, you who are weary. This word is used frequently in the Bible, the word weary in the Greek. And one of the times it's used is actually when Jesus has traveled a long way. And he's so tired physically that he needs to sit down at the well. And he needs to drink the water for refreshment. And I just wonder if that's a picture for some of us this morning. If we feel spiritually or in our souls, in our minds, that weariness that we just can't take another step. We just need to sit down. We need to sort of just give up. We need that rest. And Jesus comes to offer us that this morning. It says in the Bible, doesn't it? Even youths grow tired and weary. And we sang this morning that when we wait on the Lord, we will renew our strength and rise up like eagles. This is what Jesus comes to bring to us. It's rest. I don't want to go too much into Greek words because I don't know a lot about them. But this word rest, if I can pronounce it right, it's anapaolo in the Greek. And it means more than just to kind of sit down in a chair. It means that Jesus is causing us and permitting us to cease from movement and labour to stillness just in his presence. I think of Mary sitting at Jesus' feet while Martha was scurrying around cause us to recover and collect our strength. It's rest and refreshment. <coughs> and that's what we find as we come to Jesus. Now, being weary is one thing, but this verse also highlights something else. And it's this word burdened. Jesus says, come to me those who are weary and burdened. And these two things are different. We said that weariness comes as part of being a human being. But being burdened is a little bit different. Because I think being burdened is something where an external force has to put something on you, okay? And maybe it's something that we take upon ourselves because somebody's persuaded us to do so, but whether it's us burdening ourselves or someone else, that's an external thing that's put on us and it weighs us down. Jesus' call is for us if that's us today. And when I was studying for this talk, something quite, I, I found it quite enlightening and, and amazing really, this word, weighed down, Jesus uses, is only used twice in the Bible. And one of the places is in this verse here. But another one is also in the Gospels, and it's in reference to the religious leaders, to the experts in the law. And when I looked at these two passages, it was like there was this perfect contrast between one place where this word is used, where Jesus is revealed, is the one who takes the burden, and the other place this verse is used, where it's revealed that religion and law is the thing that puts the burden on us. The word is weighed down, fortizo, if you like Greek. So this other verse is Luke 11, verse 46. And it says, this is Jesus talking, he says, You experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry. And you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. So I just want to spend the last 30 seconds, a um, couple of minutes of this talk, just contrasting these two verses and seeing Jesus and religion, how they stand in stark contrast, okay? So first of all, what does religion do? The experts in the law, they load people up, and you can almost see them saying, do this, 
do that, and they stand back like that. And they won't lift a finger, get on with it. It's this distance in religion, it's this loneliness, it's, there's no help, all right? You're on your own. But in Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Jesus draws us near to him. He wants to take the burden. He wants to do it for us. Religion stands back. Jesus says, come to me. Religion heaps burdens onto us. It says, the experts in the law load people down with burdens they can hardly carry. Load it down. Jesus takes those burdens and gives us something else. Rest. That word again, anapeo, rest. Refreshment. Ceasing from our end. And finally, it says in Luke 11 that the religious leaders wouldn't lift a finger to help. There's no help from them. There's no help from religion. You're on your own. You've got to do it all. It's your effort. But Jesus says... Take my yoke upon you. Okay. Jesus comes alongside us and he links up with us with this yoke so that we're attached to him. And he stands with us and he walks with us the whole way, guiding and supporting. What a contrast, eh? I'm sure none of us would ever fall into religion, but I thought I'd give this talk anyway. <laughs> The thing with, with reading the Bible, sometimes we can get it wrong, can't we? And I think sometimes we imply religion, even onto Jesus, because we get this mindset of just seeing Jesus in the wrong light. We, we underestimate the goodness of Jesus. And I think sometimes when we read this verse, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, Jesus takes our burdens, but he's going to put this big yoke on us, and he's going to give us his burden. And, you know, maybe that doesn't sound so great either. That's not what Jesus is saying. So if we're tempted to think that way, what Jesus does is he actually goes to lengths to show us two things in this verse. He shows us his nature as he comes alongside us, what he's like, who this person is that comes alongside us, but also his purpose in coming alongside us and putting this yoke on us. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am hard and... No, it doesn't say that. It says, I am gentle and humble in heart. The God who comes alongside us is gentle with us, and he's humble in heart. But he doesn't just reassure us of who he is, he reassures us of why he's doing this. He says, he does this so we will find rest for our souls. That's his purpose in coming alongside us, that we'll find rest. Blessed quietness in the Amplified Bible. So that only leaves the yoke, all right? So Jesus has come alongside us. We know he's good. We know he's got good purpose for us. But what about this yoke? Maybe that doesn't sound too great. Well, Jesus goes to lengths to reassure us that even this yoke is no burden at all. He describes it, and I want to read from the Amplified Bible because it just blows this open for us. For my yoke, it sometimes says easy. You read the NIV. My yoke is easy. In the Amplified, it says my yoke is wholesome. And that means useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, oppressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. My burden is light and easy to be borne. 
Now, I don't know if any of you have ever gone to the supermarket to get your shopping, but you decide not to take the car, so you want a bit of exercise. So you strap a rucksack on, and you think, I'll probably not get enough tins of beans and stuff in here, but I'll, I'll, get, I'll get the essentials. And you put that rucksack on, and you head off to the shops. Um, I don't know if, is that just me? Has anyone done that? Have you ever put a rucksack on, basically, with nothing in it? Um, small question. Is, is that rucksack a burden to you when you put it on? Can be. It's meant to be. I'm talking about a light rucksack with nothing in it at this point. <laughs> See, Jesus said, my burden is light and easy to be borne. Now, when I put that rucksack on and head to Morrison's, I don't even know it's on me because it's empty. It's like air. So when I come back with like eight pints of milk for the kids' school, <laughs> and that's when it's a burden. All right. So a burden that is light and easily borne is no burden at all. Like an empty rucksack, right? Jesus comes to bring peace and rest. He doesn't come to burden stuff on us. Religion wants to whisper to us, yeah, but does he want to do that? Maybe he does. Jesus goes to such lengths to show that he's gentle, his purpose is to refresh, and even the burden he puts on us is that empty rucksack. It's light. He's just coming alongside us to guide us through this life that he knows was difficult because he lived it himself. So, sorry I've gone over, um, but I just want to finish with this uh, passage in its entirety, but from the message paraphrase, because I think it just sums it all up. Okay. It says this, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Amen. Amen.